Kura. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kyoto Wellington, you're listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm Laura. And I'm Sadie, and um, I'm going to be talking to someone from who's been around in my life for a long time, just on the periphery, and in a lot of Wellingtonians' lives, I should think. Um, when I moved to Arrow Street in 1991, there was this amazing video shop up the road, Arrow Video. Over time, I discovered how unique this incredible shop is and how lucky I was. Um, but in recent years, with the rise of streaming content, the owner and founder of our video, Andrew Armitage, has had to be increasingly ingenious in keeping the shop alive. <laughs> Andrew's here to tell us about what makes our video so special and about the plan for survival in 2019. Hello, Hi, Sadie. Hi. <laughs> you didn't mention that we were former neighbours. True, like <laughs> it's a small only a valley. metre apart. The doors are a metre apart. Eh? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And nice that's to how, see you again. That's how it goes in Wellington. Yeah. You never just know somebody one way. No, <laughs> and like some people are kind of fixtures, like like you, Andre. Uh, yeah, you do become part of the furniture. <laughs> um, you know, I've um, I haven't changed horses. In a long time, uh, sometimes I wish I could, uh, but there are there are advantages to you know we're nearly thirty years old now as mm. a as a store, so it's gone well beyond my initial projections. Although I did always foresee us entrenching ourselves as part of um, the Arrow Valley community and also Wellington in general. So to be an institution was kind of a you know, part of it when you you know when you look at other businesses for inspiration and think, you know, they're part of the firmament. Wouldn't like that be nice which to? Which businesses? Uh, well, in in the Aru Valley, Aru Cafe was very um, very well established, uh, kind of an icon of the nineteen seventies, and the Aru Butchery, and uh, you know, which came you know uh, came to a demise eventually. But um, uh, yeah, I think that I knew that there was because it was building a library that it had legs, uh, just by sheer virtue of the fact that, you know, for every year you're around, you're, you're getting a bigger library. So Right. I mean, that's mm. a pretty cocky attitude because you must have been pretty young. <laughs> you must have been, what, in your early 20s? Yeah, I don't know if it was quite cocky, but, uh, <laughs> but, no, but it was, yeah, I had a confidence uh, about it, it was low risk. You know, I started our video with twenty thousand dollars, which I borrowed every cent of with my father's uh, co-signing the, uh, the the loan. So it was pretty. You know, that's not a lot of money to start a business with. Um, but I uh, I had had six years uh, managing um, music stores, so. I worked for EMI shop and HMV chain, and I was given a management role when I was 19. So that was a bit cocky. True. Um, so, um, so I did have uh, the experience of running a store behind me before starting out. So I was not naive to what it took. However, it was still a um, you know a big learning curve um, to get into to the movies as opposed to music. I think you've covered off a lot of the history, but I mean, how, what are the kind of, what were the sort of staging points along the way to becoming kind of, you are an institution now, Arrow Video? 
Um, I mean, I think that the... Uh, so we started off with 180 videotapes, VHS, in a tiny room, uh, you know, kind of uh, 10 foot by 10 foot uh, at 79 Aro Street. So that was actually uh, belonged to a flat... Uh, so we were effectively subleased a room at the front, and we were, and the the only reason we were, could practically use that space was because we lived uh, about fifty yards down the road, uh, so I could go to the toilet, <laughs> <laughs> because we couldn't really knock on the f f the flat door and say, "Can we use the loo?" Although we might have occasionally. Uh, so. Um, but what happened was I went away to Christchurch. You're talking about you know those one of those flashpoints. I went to Christchurch for a friend's wedding uh, six months after we opened, and I rang my brother who was looking after the store. He was uh, you know only about seventeen at the time, uh, maybe nineteen, and he said, "How's it going?" And he said, "It, it was a wet weekend uh, for Easter," and he's on a Saturday. He said. Um, over a uh, over a hundred and twenty tapes have been rented, and we only had one hundred and eighty. Or you know, it was two thirds of the store had been rented, and so it was at that moment I thought, okay, okay, I think I'm here to stay. Or, leveling or, up. Or should I say, I was not. I was. I was still moonlighting as a, uh, a music retailer uh, for working for um, Alan CDs, who who. We were both uh, renegades from the HMV chain. We both defected to form our own businesses. And, um, but I worked for Alan so that I still had a salary. He was, uh, it was a sort of a bigger operation. So I wasn't full-time employed. I wasn't really taking any money from the video store initially. But at that flashpoint, six months down the track, I knew I would be able to make a living out of it fairly soon at that rate. So that was that was cool. Um, I guess the next um, flashpoint would be uh, the late 90s, so you could say 10 years later, because we started in 1989. Um, and that would be um, at the when when um, DVD was was. Um, in its infancy, um, hadn't quite taken hold yet. Uh, so you could say that first 10 years was VHS exclusive and we had a good run because we had um, one format to worry about. Uh, so we could, everything that we bought was just on one format, so we weren't doubling up with anything. And even though there were practical problems with VHS tapes, keeping them maintained and so forth, um, it was uh, it was also... Um, I guess lower stakes as well. Like I didn't, I, I had children from 1999. So I was kind of like, uh, so I was, uh, had no dependence, had a video store with one format. So I could write out checks and not worry about whether I had any money in the bank. Uh, that's not to say I was rich by any means, but you know, you just had that latitude, you know, so you could take your staff out for dinner and 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 you know and and um you knew that the budget would cover it and so forth so that was really nice you know to be a fairly young fellow with a my own business and it was doing doing pretty well um even if it wasn't filling gas in my lamborghini you, you know <laughs> yeah. i was i was pleased with it because i had a good lifestyle as well like i i initially started opening the store at 11 o'clock in the morning so i could kind of you know go and have brunch somewhere or you, you know those are the fond memories that i have so i was very you know i had i remember saying to myself once um 
I've got the second best job in the world. And, and, and the first, the, the first best was my admiration for film directors that I that, uh. that, that I liked, and I was an ex- aspiring filmmaker myself, so you could say had pretensions, you know, for another career. Um, have you made any films? I just have to jump in. I have, I have made films, and uh, but you know, short films, but I never, um, uh, you know, progressed beyond that. Um, but I'm okay with that. Um, you got to watch lots of films, I imagine, and yeah. it was legit. You could sit and watch films. That's right. Yep. So the job didn't end. You know, go home, have dinner, watch movies, still working. <laughs> it was, yeah. So it was. It was. It was. It was cool. So I think then the turn of the millennium, um, when DVD came on board, there was it was a double-edged sword um, because. Um, it was exciting on one level because all of a sudden there were a lot more uh, titles being released. So there was a breadth of stuff that I was uh, releasing locally. So we weren't, um, I always was frustrated with the uh, limitations of the breadth of choice that we had from suppliers. So I would kind of open the um, uh, the the mailers in those days, you know, you'd get them through the mail and these big glossy things, and you know, often you would open them and be very disappointed. You know, one or two blockbusters and you know one or two old classics if you were lucky, but nothing art house or you know there was there was uh, there was limitations because we were a small country. Um, so DVD um, was once it took hold as a very convenient format. Uh, that was reliable compared to VHS, a lot of players got in the game and started distributing all sorts of things. So that was really good. But it meant that your budget was strained. You were having to buy VHSs and DVDs, often doubling up. And um, also there was more competition because when you have a kind of a, a, a boon in an industry you and there is money perceived to be made, you get a lot of players. So... You know, even though we were unique in Wellington and 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 somewhat um, nationally as well, um, it was um, it it wasn't. You could still get art house stuff from your local DVD store. Mm. Uh, you know, so there was no. Um, we had a lot of unique stuff, but by and large, people could get stuff from their local. So. It flattened, I guess you could say, through the 2000s. Did you have difficulties with, because you did have a kind of unique collection in a way, you tried to get things that other people didn't have, did that mean that you Mm. were often the one who had to pay for that DVD to come into the country? Yeah, I mean, I was passionate about uh, art house cinema, about the film festival, about having that breadth of product that we had made our name for, so... Um, you know, it, it excited me to order stuff from overseas and open the box and and then go through the motions of how to make it uh, legally available to our customers. So there was red tape um, involving, you know, the, the labelling body in Auckland and then there's a classification office as well. So I know the ins and outs of the classification laws very well and have always been frustrated by them. <laughs> uh, so while we, um, you know, I... I'm count our blessing to some degree that we were able to import, freely able to import, and um, and then go about having them uh, 
classified uh, and then making them available. It, it just meant that, that we were limited to the types of films that we could do that with. So anything that was kind of vaguely adult-oriented, uh, i.e. it was uh, restricted to 15 in the UK or Australia, we were not able to cross-rate at, at a cheap cost. We had to pay up to $1,000 a film for somebody in a darkened room with a clipboard to make sure we were okay. You, you know. So that, that bureaucracy still exists to this day. Um, I have some potentially uh, a potential breakthrough at this very late stage of the game. Uh, had a meeting with Gareth Hughes, the um, Green MP, yesterday morning, and um, I uh, he's a customer of ours, and and um, he's you know he's been frustrated as a customer himself not being able to get certain things uh, legally, you know. So um, and the. The new chief censor, David Shanks, is also uh, a new new blood in the in the system, and can see how uneven the playing field has been for for such a long time. So he's sympathetic and and willing to um, support changes that we want to make to the legislation, so that we can have an even greater breadth of product made available. Brilliant. So yeah, and and Gareth was kind of you know he's fully in behind it uh, to to have changes made to the regulations, which is not a um, doesn't need a vote in Parliament. Mm -hmm. It just needs the uh, the minister who's in charge of that particular regulation to to, to sanction it. And so that's all mm. really positive. Um, but you have recently mm. described the current state of uh, <laughs> of trading of trading as critical. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did have uh, we, you know I, people say how's business, and I often say challenging, or you know you, you usually have a kind of a buzzword that you. Um, refer to and I, I went from challenging to adverse but I thought adverse is just too wishy-washy let's go critical because critical is impending you know it's, 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 it, it is you know and I often think of the fire sign warnings uh, that that graphic of the that the hemisphere with the different colors and the arrow pointing to mild through to extreme have one fire of risk. <laughs> no, but I wanted one in my mind, you know, so I fantasized about having it um, on the counter with a kind of a, a needle. And, uh, <laughs> but I've stopped short of it because, you know, I, I don't want to be too on the nose about it. Um, Take out more DVDs. It's very difficult to get the message across without sounding like you're whining, you know, and um, it is, uh, you know, so I sent out a newsletter, which uh, as Sod's Law would have it, you know, crashed our uh, website for a whole evening. Um, and I think half the people on our mailing list did not get the message, etc. So I'm still grappling with that issue. Um, but... Um, it was months of thinking about how do I put together something because I've already done a big media blitz, you know, three years ago when, when you know, the papers and even the television got involved in our kind of uh, precarious, uh, you know, alarm bells that had gone off. And um, in fact, there was alarmist headlines on, on stuff that were actually inaccurate. And so we, but it got attention. <laughs> Impending doom. So, so yeah, we had, um, so our big, it was our biggest Facebook post ever, you know, was when we were potentially closing down. It's, it's amazing how 
not only people took interest, but were very keen to kind of come to the rescue. But, you know, the sustainable model is a different thing. You know, we know that. So I, I like to think that we are, you know, frankly, cash poor, but very goodwill rich. I don't know if I mentioned it in the newsletter, um, but effectively that's what it is. So I'm very lucky uh, in many ways to be able to keep having a stay of execution, you know, because I have this uh, large and loyal, if not frequent, customer base that uh, that do really care, and they are uh, they do think the world of us. They're just not active. Uh, necessarily supporters, you know. Are you looking at me, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay, I will look at you, Sadie, and th- say thank you very much for coming on board with our, uh, your small con- monthly contribution through Patreon. I was um, bowled over by that gesture, to be honest. <laughs> I think I'll so, be one of those who's out there in the wilderness who's always thinking about our video, but you know, like... Yeah, Life goes it on. Does. Yeah, and Daily, there are Edmund. The, and, you know, well, I mean, so getting that call is actually quite good. The call to get in there, and you know, I'm paying three dollars US a month. It's not a yeah. big deal. Yeah, it's one cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, it's it's four dollars New four fifty New Zealand. And the reason we do US is because Patreon do not allow um, any other currency. So we feel right. a bit weird about that. But uh, uh, but. Um, so that's know, Patreon. It's um, Patreon. If people want to get in there and help out, there was an even cheaper option at one dollar. Yes, that's month, the that's the tier US. we call uh, absent friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for yeah, one dollar US. Uh, yeah, uh, it, and the thing is, we do. It's not just necessarily a donation. You know, you can get a kickback mm. from that. So for one dollar US a month, uh, you get two free films a year so on so you might be passing us by uh, and you can and, and you've got some credit in our store uh, also you um, there may be that film that you can't get any other way that you think oh we must see you know XYZ comedy from the 80s or the mm. 50s or whatever and say oh we must get that and you've got credit you know with our video so yeah. so it's not I found that with patreon which we started um, nearly a year ago we did it on a the rewards that we offered were um, through our partners in business like the Roxy uh, Cinema and Miramar Hell Pizza and uh, the Garage Project so we offered beer pizza and free movie tickets and that's Perfect. and that's great I mean they were awesome sponsors and I we still kind of uh, have them engaged but it's um, uh, it's the reward is kind of the same each time for our annual patrons. So we felt that it's just best to kind of like, okay, people just really care about us fundamentally. So let's give them, let's have this as a new way that you can actually pay for your rented videos. Tell you what I was keen on. I can't remember if you become a good friend, I think. You get Mm. a totally cool certificate. It's really, really good. Um, Who's your graphic designer? Uh, so that's the illustrious Stephen Templer, who's a, a, a well-known uh, designer well, be in, why. in Wellington. It looks so great. <laughs> yeah, he's just awesome, but he's too busy to be doing some of my other projects. Stephen, give me, <laughs> call me, text me. If anybody is near Stephen Templer right now, <laughs> give no, him the message. No, Andrew's no. after him. No, no, Stephen's great, and he will be. Stephen will be around at the Aro Fair, which is postponed from um, from last weekend, where it was. Uh, rained out uh, to the 23rd so um, Stephen um, is actively involved in the R Olympics and stuff 
but he's he's a great um, creative person and he's very generous and um, he does wonderful designs so yeah um, it's nice when you can use a professional uh, yeah. you know rather than having to do it yourself yeah <laughs> that might have been another flashpoint when I could afford a <laughs> So, <laughs> a real designer um, on, on very good rates, I might add. Bless you, Steve. Well, you've been described as a national treasure, that Arrow oh. Video Shop. Maybe not you personally. Oh. I'm glad I'm not Arrow on Video. TV, blushing. <laughs> so what is it that makes people so um, affectionate towards Arrow Video? Why is it different to any other shop? Well, I, I think... People are like the romantic idea of a, uh, um, and myself included, you know, of a um, boutique, uh, an independent-run uh, store. Um, it is something that people know is not easy to, you know, to, to compete with uh, the, you know, other uh, corporates that are out there, and particularly online. You know, the corporate giants are of the size we've never seen before in the marketplace. So it's become um, more and more, you know, um, we're more and more of an oddity. And it's been said to me several times over the past few years of, of struggle, shall we say, is that, you know, if you'll only just hold out, Andrew, and weather the storm, you know, people will come back to you because the, the novelty factor will be increased and so forth. And that's true to some degree. Um, but, you know, it is very hard to compete with what something that is incredibly cheap and incredibly convenient. And sure, but getting, I guess hmm. we're seeing it with vinyl, right, with records, that people are coming back to that from Spotify and so forth. Yeah, is I mean, similar that's true. There is a similarity in some respects. Uh, however... You know, I'm the vinyl thing is still very niche. You know, it is still very much a kind of a, a small uh, um, segment of the uh, of music, and it's it's also very expensive. You know, if you if you're you know it's you know so not not only to buy new records at forty or fifty dollars, but to buy um, you know those old records that are twenty five dollars. You know, a pop. And they make lovely gifts, you know. But um, I don't know whether the vinyl revolution or, or renaissance is a, is a bubble or whether it's a, a kind of a permanent fixture. But, yeah, there is a similarity. Um, but I, look, you know, there are many, I still enjoy my job and I really enjoy the customers and I enjoy dealing with film and all of that. The stress is about the money, you know. It's it's it, That is where... You know, so I feel good about the job, you know, uh, three weeks of the month and the other month I feel awful, you, you know, and that's not to sound like I'm begging because it's not, it's not why I said that. It's more to sort of just have an understanding that um, at the end of the day, uh, it, money is actually what keeps you in business. Yeah. And yeah. so when I think of other disrupted industries and other um uh, not only industries, but institutions that are uh, run by local government, like libraries um, and, and, and national institutions as well. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, they can say, look, we, you know, business is down, we had a shortfall this year, you know, can we, you know, they go cap in hand to their funding sources and say, you know, 
we're doing this, this and this, which is very exciting. Can we have more money to make up the shortfall because of the disruption, you know? And we can't do that, of course. So we only really have our customers, the community yeah. that we can that we can tap and say, you know, to go to go back to the Patreon thing. The I think the sustainable business model is that if we can get a small amount of money, a micro payment, out of a a large contingent of patrons, we will be fine. And that, to me, I think makes more sense than constantly pressing those that already support us very generously uh, and saying, hey, can you give us more, you know, by putting our prices up or or what have you. Well, you've obviously transcended being just a mere commercial operation. You are some sort of community national treasure. Thank you. (laughs) So Mm. uh, hopefully... More people will get out and get onto Patreon. There's other ways as well that you can support our video, obviously by borrowing videos, DVDs mm-hmm. these days, yeah. um, or by sponsoring a movie. Um, that's another way to do it. But hop onto their website and have a look and see how you can help out. Thank oh, you, thank Andrew. you, Sadie. I hope you'll that's... be around in another decade. We'll have you back in. Thank you. Have, <laughs> so thank you for having me and um, allowing me to to wax (laughs) (laughs) fantastic love your work okay (laughs) cheers bye bye That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project. 